0: Bibles. Open up to 2 Peter chapter 1 and John 17, please. 2 Peter 1 and John 17. We began studying how to hear God, and we're going to start getting into the meat of this thing today. I want to talk to you about how God speaks through His Word, how God speaks. This is the first way that we're going to talk about. I'm going to get into the voice of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to get into the voice of your spirit. I'm going to talk about the inward witness. And we're going to talk about these various ways that God speaks to us. But there is no more important way than what we're going to talk about today. This is the foundation. This is the the fundamental way that we know God speaks to us through His Word. I'd like us all to read from 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 21. 2 Peter 1, 16 to 21. We're going to read from the New King James Version today. If you don't have that particular translation, that's all right, but follow along on the screens if you would so we could all read the same words. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 16 to 21, reading loudly and together, let's read. For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received from God the Father Honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed, which you do well to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. Until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. Let's stop there. Now notice again verse 16. Peter speaking says... For we did not follow cunningly devised fables when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Everybody say eyewitnesses. 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 If you have a pen, underline the word eyewitnesses. We were eyewitnesses of His majesty. Verse 17. For He received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Verse 18. And we heard this voice. Say we heard this voice. If you have a pen underline that. We heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Now let me show you what Peter's talking about here. This is Peter who, along with the other disciples, walked around with Jesus himself in his earthly ministry. And so Peter is saying in verse 16, look, we didn't follow some cunningly devised fable. We didn't follow some fairy tale when we came to tell you about Jesus. He said, look, we were eyewitnesses. We were there with him. We saw him with our very own eyes do those miracles. We heard him teach with our very ears. And then he goes on to say, in fact, he said, we were there when God the Father spoke out of that cloud and said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. He said, we heard that voice audibly. And then he goes on to say, we also, or verse 19, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. In other words, he's saying, look, We saw Jesus with our physical eyes. We heard God speak with our physical ears. But we've got something that's confirmed and that's the prophetic word of God. Let me show you what verse 19 says in the NIV. The NIV says, And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain. Well, made more certain than what? More certain than if you saw Jesus with your physical eye. More certain than if you heard Jesus or God speak with your physical ears. We have something more certain. Well, what is it? It's the Word of God. Listen to it in the King James Version. We also have a more sure word of prophecy. Well, what could be more sure than seeing with your eyes and hearing with your ears? The Word of God can be more sure. The Word of God can be more sure. So what the Bible is saying is, that the Word of God, and we know he's talking about the prophecy of Scripture. We have a more sure word of prophecy because he goes on in verse 20 saying, knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. So he's talking about the prophecy of the Word of God. So the Bible's telling us that the most sure way to hear God and to know God is not seeing with your physical eye, is not hearing with your physical ear. The most sure way is to know what the Bible says because this is a sure, more certain, reliable, and confirmed word from God. We know this is the word. We don't know if what you heard or what I heard is the word, but we know this is the word. You know, sometimes people think, well, you know, if I just saw an angel. Well, you know, that's not true. That's not true for a couple of reasons. First of all, Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, I believe, that Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. So Satan can come like an angel and deceive you and make you think it's an angel. And Paul said in Galatians, he said, Look, even if an angel comes to you and tells you any other gospel than what we've preached to you, let him be accursed. Don't you listen to an angel give you anything new. You know, that's what the enemy will do. The enemy will come and say, Well, I've got a new revelation for you. I've got something new to teach you. And Paul said, "Uh uh-uh, no. You stick with what we gave you. And even if an angel from heaven shows up, he said, you let him be accursed. You let him be accursed. Why? Because Satan can transform himself into an angel of light. And so if you're going to depend on what you see and depend on what you hear with your physical senses, your physical ability to relate to this world, then you're subject to deception. But we've got something that we know is truth. Now, you remember Thomas? After Jesus was raised from the dead, Jesus appeared to his disciples, and Thomas wasn't with them. And then later on, the disciples came and said, We saw the Lord. He's been raised from the dead. Thomas said, I don't believe it. He said, Unless I put my finger in the holes in his hands unless I put my hand in his side where he was pierced I will not believe and then later Jesus appeared to the disciples again and Thomas was there and Jesus went straight to him and said here Thomas put your fingers in there here put your hand in there do not be unbelieving but be believing and Thomas bowed down my Lord and my God and here's what Jesus said he said because you've seen me you believe but blessed are the ones Who have not seen and yet they believe. So, see, sometimes we think we would be more blessed if we could see an angel or if we could see Jesus. And sometimes we'd even say, oh, if we could have walked on the shores of Galilee with Jesus. Oh, that would have been the best. Well, Jesus said, no, the best and the most blessed is when you don't have to see, you don't have to hear with your physical ears or eyes but you believe what the Bible says. He said, you're the blessed one. You're the blessed one. And here Peter, Peter is an eyewitness. Peter said, we saw him, we heard him, we heard God speak out of heaven. He said, but we've got something more sure, more reliable, more certain than that, and it's the prophetic word of God. Now I know some people don't want to believe that because they like the sensational. But I'm telling you, this is what the Bible is teaching us. If you want to know that you know that you know, that God is speaking you go right here to the word of God because this is the inspired text the inspired word of God and so let's look at this again now it says in verse 19 and so we have the prophetic word confirmed more sure one translation said more certain another one said so we know this is God's voice you want to hear God go to the Bible and that's what God says now, why is that so important? I remember years ago, somebody was telling me how they would train bank tellers. Now, I don't know about all the modern days, uh, in modern days, how they do this, but I, w- I remember years ago that they said they don't train bank tellers with counterfeit money. They train bank tellers with the real deal, and they teach them all the intricacies of how it feels what it looks like, how it's printed, what things to notice that most people don't notice. And they study the real so much that once they get a counterfeit, they almost know it right off the bat. They start to look and they find little discrepancies because they've spent so much time with the real. And that's the way it is with the voice of God. To discern the voice of God from the voice of deceiving spirits or just your own thoughts. You don't go study all the other voices. No. God leads us to study His voice. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 10, My sheep hear My voice, and they know My voice, and they follow Me. But He said, but they don't know the voice of strangers. See, we're not supposed to study the voice of strangers. He said, you're not even supposed to know those voices. They're supposed to be foreign to you. You're supposed to study the real voice. Well, there's only one way that you know, that you know, that you know that it's the voice of God and that's if it's from the Word of God. Did you hear me? I don't care if the most spiritual person in the whole world came up to you and said, I've got a prophetic word for you. I don't care who they are. I don't care who they are. They may be the most popular person. They may be what you consider the most spiritual person and come up and give you a prophecy. Listen, If it doesn't line up with the Word of God, then you better not accept it. You better stay on the Word of God because God never contradicts His Word. God never contradicts His Word. Now, of course, when you're a little more mature, you learn more about the Word of God and it makes you more qualified to properly judge prophecies. Because a lot of people, when they're new, they you know, they don't know enough of the Word of God to judge. But once you are around a long time, you continue to study the Word of God, get into discipleship, you learn the Word, then you'll be better able to, to judge prophecy. Because sometimes the Word of God says things that, you know, you're not sure which one to apply at the right time. Like, for example, the Bible says, a soft answer turns away wrath. But the Bible also says, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Right? Right? And so, well, which one applies? Well, that's where you need the Holy Spirit to help you know which situation those principles apply in. And so, this is the Word of God, so we know this is the voice of God. Anything that doesn't sound like and isn't in agreement with this, we have to consider it to be a a deceptive voice or a deceiving spirit. And this is why the Bible warns us not to try to be led by ungodly counsel, not to try to be led by any of the, uh, what would be in the category of witchcraft, soothsayers, palm readers, horoscopes. They should call those horrible scopes. (laughs) Horoscopes. Now listen, God made the stars and He put signs in the stars. But see, people try to take those and try to tell you what what that means for you from the stars. Well, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it works. Crystal balls, tarot card, on and on and on. All, you know, seances, all that realm of witchcraft, that's all tied in with the demonic. Amen. And so instead of hearing from the Spirit of God, you're hearing from a spirit all right. And that's why people get kind of impressed because demons which are spiritual beings can say things that the human person that they're speaking through wouldn't know. And so that person would be in a sense, if we could use this term, channeling that demon spirit's insight. And that demon spirit is not all that intelligent, but because that demon spirit is in the spirit realm, they have access to things that the human beings don't have access to. And so they can easily impress you. And if they can easily impress you, they can easily deceive you. And so that's why we've got to have something solid. We've got to have something that we know that we know that we know is truth to be able to judge all of these things, no matter how sensational they are, to find out if they're right. But the Bible strictly forbids us to call psychic hotlines and to try to get Direction from any other place. In fact, James 1, 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Amen. That's where you go. You go directly to the Lord and if you want to know the most reliable voice from God, it's in the Word of God. Everything in this Bible is what God said. And so from that point on, we just need the Holy Spirit to help us to know how to apply the Word of God in our particular situation. But it is all the Word of God. Can I get an amen on this? Amen. Now, let's look again at verse Well, I told you to turn to John 17 Let me read verse 17 Jesus is praying a prayer here And he says this to the Father Sanctify them Talking about the the disciples or the apostles Sanctify them by your truth Your word is truth Sanctify them by your truth Your word is truth Say that with me Your word is truth. Say it again. Your word is. Now say it like this. The word is truth. truth. Say it again. The word is truth. So if you want to know what the truth is, here's the only thing you know is the truth. The word is truth. The word is truth. Now there's a difference between something that's true and something that's truth. Like you could walk outside today and maybe you could say, well, it's a cloudy day today. Well, that might be true. But tomorrow, if it's sunny, that's not true anymore. See, so something that's true will change, but truth is always the truth. Can you, can you see that? Like, for example, somebody had an accident, and you say, well, whose fault is it? Well, no matter everybody's perception, because sometimes people get confused with what they see, and sometimes people lie. But there is a truth about whose fault that is. And it doesn't matter what happens in the future, That truth will always be the truth. Isn't that right? And the Word of God will always be the truth. And so that's why God's saying, and Peter's telling us, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, you must understand the most sure, the more certain, the most reliable thing you have of truth, and the voice of God is the Word of God. And so we need to pay attention to that. Now, I've mentioned this before, but have you ever had somebody call you on the telephone... And you didn't recognize their voice readily. And so they're talking away like you know who it is. And you don't know who it is. So you're looking for an opportunity to say, who is this? And you're kind of embarrassed if you're like me. Because you don't want to make the person feel bad. And so you don't, you don't ask for a while. And then, but then you realize you're answering the questions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't even know who it is. They may invite you over for dinner and you say, yeah, you don't even know where they live. Because you don't even know who it is. Now the conversation has gone on so long, you're embarrassed. You're embarrassed to ask. Why? Because you don't recognize their voice. But you know, there are other people that they call you and they just have to say one word. Hey, hi, or anything. And you know exactly who it is. Why? Because you're so accustomed to the voice, to the tone of their voice, to the way that they speak words, I mean, just right off. It's so distinct to you. And see, so at first, many people don't discern the voice of the Lord. And so let me tell you how to get to know His voice. You have to start with what you know for sure is His voice, and that's the Word of God, what we call the Bible. The Bible. So this is not only the most sure the most certain, the most reliable way, but this is where everybody ought to start hearing from God is right here in the Bible, right here in the Word of God. Now, you remember the rich man and Lazarus in Luke 16, and they both died, and the rich man, he was not a believer, and of course, this was before Jesus had died and been raised from the dead, but nonetheless, even in the Old Testament, you could be a believer. And what would happen if you were a believer? In the Messiah to come That when you died Angels would carry your spirit and soul Over to Abraham's bosom But if you were not a believer You'd go straight to Hades And that's what Luke 16 Tells the story of The rich man went straight to Hades And he was burning in a flame But Lazarus was taken to a place of comfort uh, Across a big gulf But they could see one another And call out to one another And the rich man began to call out And he called to Abraham Father Abraham Oh, send Lazarus over that he can dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. I want you to notice something interesting. They still had fingers. They still had tongues. And the Bible says the rich man lifted up his eyes. And look, he still had eyes. See, a lot of people don't realize that your spirit looks like your body. Your, actually, it's the other way around. Your body looks like your spirit. Except your spirit probably looks better. My spirit has a (laughs) six-pack. Yeah. I'm ripped, baby. But see, you still have fingers, eyes, ears. You You still have all that, but it's spiritual. It's spiritual. See, and so the rich man said, Have Lazarus come over. Well then, after a while, the rich man said... Father Abraham, I've got five brothers and I don't want them to come here. Send Lazarus to tell my brothers so that they can get right and not have to come here. Now see, not only did he remember he had brothers, a lot of people say, will we remember? Yeah, you're going to remember. Yeah, you're going to remember. And so he remembered he had five brothers and he still had love in his heart for those brothers. Wanted to send Lazarus to help those brothers and warn them. And here's what Abraham said. They have Moses and the prophets. What does that mean? Well, Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. And so he just called the what we would call the Old Testament. That's all the Bible they had at that point. He called the Bible Moses and the prophets. He said, they got the Bible. They've got Moses and the prophets. And the rich man said, no, Father Abraham. He said, they won't believe that, but if you send somebody from the dead, they'll believe it. And here's what Abraham said. He said, no, if they don't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't believe somebody even if they're raised from the dead. Now see, a lot of people think that's not true, but it is true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith does not come by seeing miracles. Faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word. These words are so powerful that when somebody proclaims them to you, teaches them to you. These words go into your ears, down into your heart, and they cause faith. And he said, they've already got the Word of God. They just need to listen to that. And if they won't listen to that, they won't believe somebody, even if they came back from the dead. And so I want you to notice that even Abraham, down before Jesus was raised from the dead, down in that cavern, in that area of next to Hades, across the Gulf, even Abraham understood. That what people needed to hear was the Word of God. They didn't need to hear a dead man come back from the dead and his testimony, they needed to hear the Word. Isn't that interesting? See, this is why, this is how you know. He said, if they won't hear that, we know that's the voice of God, they won't even hear the voice of Lazarus that comes back from the dead telling that story, or they won't believe it. See, skepticism grips our minds, but there's something about the power of God's Word that just helps us helps us to be able to know the voice of God. So, if you'll spend time in the Word, hearing the Word, and not just reading the Bible, that's that's a part of it, but also hearing people teach the Word. Because that'll help you to understand and to know what the Word says. Now, you'll notice the way that I teach, I don't just come up with points that I want to share and go look up Scriptures to validate those points. The Lord taught me... A different way over in 2nd Timothy where Paul said I charge you therefore to preach the word preach the word and the Lord many years ago said even before I became a minister before I went to Bible college he said don't preach about the word don't preach from the word don't come up with your points and find scriptures to validate those points he said you find out what I'm saying through my word and you preach and teach that and the point is that everybody walks away Not just knowing something or stuff or facts, but actually knowing what the Bible says and what God's saying through that that text and those words. That's the point. I want you to walk out and know what the Bible says, not just knowing what I said. All right, so here Peter says, we were eyewitnesses, we heard his voice, but we've got something more sure, more certain, more reliable than that. And it's the prophetic word of God, the scriptures, the scriptures. Now, I want to share with you three ways to hear God through the Bible. Three ways to hear God through the Bible or through His word. Number one, basic principles of right and wrong. Basic principles of right and wrong. 2 Timothy three sixteen and 17 say, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Which means that God inspired these biblical authors to write this text. So the Bible has basic do's and don'ts or rights and wrongs. Like, for example... How should I live my life? Should I murder? Should I commit adultery? Should I steal? Should I forgive? Should I pray? You know, I mean just basic right and wrong concepts that any human being can understand. The Bible is just full of these things about how to, how we should live our lives. So that's basic right and wrong concepts. I remember that when I was in high school, I had a girlfriend And I mean, from the moment I got this girlfriend, I knew I should not be dating her. Why? Because she wasn't born again. And I knew I'd been taught the Word. I knew even as a 16-year-old or whatever I was, I knew that the Bible said in 2 Corinthians 6, 14, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. I knew that. Very simple. You don't need any great, you know, biblical degree. In the Greek, to figure that out. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. Now that's not just talking about dating and marriage. That's talking about business. That's talking about other things. When you get yoked with somebody that does not share kingdom values, there's going to be some trouble. And either you're going to change or they're going to change. And so I just knew inside. Well, three and a half months went by and I just knew inside I knew and the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and my mom was speaking to me (laughs) but I knew it was wrong how did I know because I knew what the Bible said just right there in black and white don't do it don't do it unequally yoked don't do it and so that's what I came and told her I said listen we, we, we can't date because because you're not born again And I broke it off. Well, a couple months later, she came back and said, Guess what? I got saved. I got born again. And my flesh said, Praise God! <laughs> See, I was walking in the flesh before because I knew that I shouldn't have been in that relationship. It wasn't like I just found out three and a half months into it that she wasn't born again. You know, I always, I always trip out when I ask somebody about somebody they're dating or whatever. Well, are they, are they saved? Well, I don't know. I've been doing this long enough. When you say, I don't know, that means you know. And you don't want to say you know. (laughs) If they were, you'd know. And if you don't know, why don't you know? If you don't know, I want to ask, are you? (laughs) Amen. Because when you give your life to Jesus, these things make a difference. See, and so anyway, she came back and said, I'm born again. And she really was. And so my flesh said, praise God. That's an answer right there. So we got back together. And then the Holy Spirit started working on me. And my mom started working on me. (laughs) And that lasted another three and a half months. And this time I didn't have the same reason anymore. I just had to say, no, I just know God's saying that's not it. Just down inside, I just knew the Holy Spirit was saying, "Mm mm-mm, That's not the one. It's not the time. My flesh was saying, yes, it is. It's the one and it's the time. And down inside, I just knew the Holy Spirit was saying, "Mm mm-mm, that's not it. That's not it. So I had to break it off again. Had to break it off again. See, our flesh wants to do what our flesh wants to do. And our flesh will try to talk us into it. Oh, it's God. It's God. It's God. All right. Well, you're going to find out. You know, you can find out the easy way or the hard way. Isn't that right? And we ought to find out the easy way and listen to God. But I knew from the Word of God. Now, the second way, the first way is basic principles of right and wrong. The second way is revelation of spiritual realities. Revelation of spiritual realities. This is another way God leads you through His Word. Revelation of spiritual realities. Listen to 1 Corinthians 2, 13 and 14. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but words, it means, which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. In other words, spiritual words with spiritual interpretations and understandings. Verse 14, But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they're foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. In other words, your mind can't grasp spiritual revelation because it's spiritual. It's not mental. It's not intellectual. It's spiritual. So your spirit has to grasp these things. And so the natural man can't receive these things. I've told the story and many of you have heard me tell that my life was radically altered when revelation that I was the righteousness of God in Christ came into my spirit. Oh, I'm telling you, I had trouble with sin. I had trouble with bondage. I had trouble with lust. And I didn't realize that because I was born again, even though I was sinning, my spirit was the righteousness of God. See, this is not just a basic right and wrong principle that anybody could understand. This was something that needed, I needed spiritual enlightenment about. And so, thank God for preaching the truth and somebody started preaching this i mean straight up and it struck my spirit then i started meditating on those scriptures second corinthians 5:21 for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in him i'm telling you i started meditating on that and light flooded my spirit and one day i realized i already am the righteousness of god in christ It has nothing to do with what my flesh is struggling with. It's a reality of what Jesus paid for and gave me when I got born again. And see, once that spiritual reality took hold of me and I realized it was true, now it became true in my life and righteousness took a hold of my life, see? And this is another way that God will speak to you through the Word of God, through the preaching and teaching of the Word of God, And spiritual reality comes into you. So this is the second way. Let me give you the third way. The third way is real-time direction and instruction. Oh, I love this one. Real-time direction and instruction. Jesus said in John 16, 13, However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. Notice again, this is about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, When He, the Spirit of truth, that's the Holy Spirit, When the Holy Spirit has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now that's John chapter 16. You remember we looked at John chapter 17 and that's where Jesus said, your word is truth. So in 16 He says, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth and in chapter 17 He said, the word is truth. So that means the Holy Spirit will guide you in the word of God. He'll guide you in the word of God. Now let me tell you some exciting things about that. First of all, he wrote it. He inspired every author to write exactly what he wanted them to write. Isn't that right? He inspired that. In fact, let's look here at 2 Peter again. We were right there in 2 Peter. Let's look at this passage again, starting at verse 20. Peter says, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Knowing this First, Knowing this first, that no prophecy of Scripture is of any private interpretation. Verse 21, For prophecy never came by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So notice what Peter's saying. Peter's saying, look, we were eyewitnesses. We saw Him with our eyes. We heard God speak with our physical ears. But we've got something more sure and more certain and more reliable than that, and it's the Word of God. And he goes on to say in verse 19, And we have, or knowing this first, no prophecy of the Word of God, Scripture, is of a private interpretation because prophecy never came by the will of man. In other words, it wasn't Paul the Apostle that was saying, I want to write all these things to the church at Corinth. It wasn't Moses saying, I want to write this. He's saying it was the Holy Spirit that was wanting to write these things And impressed these men to start writing these letters, to start writing these concepts. And he said, and as they were writing them, they were being moved along. The Greek language uh, has this idea. They were being carried along by the Holy Spirit. So they were writing and thinking, I'm writing a letter, but there was an inspiration happening to help them to write the letter exactly the way the Holy Spirit wanted it to be written. Now, why is that important for you and me? Here's why. Anybody that'll go to Bible college or seminary will study hermeneutics, and you'll realize in hermeneutics that uh, one of the hermeneutical principles of studying any book of the Bible is you want to find out who the original author is, who the original recipients are. And then, then it helps you with the interpretation of what the author is saying to the original recipients so you're not taking it out of context. But... But, that's true, but what Peter's saying is you have to understand that it can't stop there when you're talking about the Bible. If this was just a regular letter, yes. But this is different because this Bible, these words did not start with the will of man. But these holy men of God were carried along, moved along by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the real intention of all these words is back farther than the human being that scripted them. And it's the Holy Spirit that had things to say and used these human authors to say these things to these original recipients but the Holy Spirit being an eternal being He doesn't only think about the original recipients. He thinks about everybody that's going to be on the face of the earth that needs to hear from God in the scriptures. And so that's why knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation or private origin. In other words, it, it can't be limited to just what the apostle Paul knows that he wants to say to the Corinthians or what Peter's saying to us today or what David is saying in the Psalms. It's not limited to that. The Holy Spirit is saying things to us through those authors that yes did write to the original recipients but it's of no private interpretation it didn't come by the will of man he's speaking something so listen to this so the Holy Spirit could not have not known that one day you were going to be facing a particular challenge some particular struggle in your life and you went to the word of God to read He could not have not known that you were going to be reading that passage that day, needing to hear a particular word from God. And so while he's inspiring Moses to write to the Israelites in the desert, he also knows that you need a word and embedded in the text, the spiritual text of Scripture. Remember, Jesus said, my words are spirit and their life embedded in the spiritual DNA, if you will, of the text of Scripture is a word for you that day when you read it. Amen. Oh, it's so powerful. So powerful. See, I realized that when Moses wrote Exodus 34, 10 through 16 to the Israelites, that the Holy Spirit could not have not known that this pastor was about to make a a major multi-million dollar deal on behalf of the ministry in error and didn't know it because the Lord was leading us that direction but I didn't realize the whole deal wasn't on the table yet and when I began to read behold I'm going to do marvels and awesome things in your sight but beware lest you make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land beware. beware! And when I began to read that, oh, the Holy Spirit who inspired that text originally through Moses to the Israelites knew that that day I was on the verge of making an agreement that wasn't the right agreement. Beware, beware, beware. Oh, that thing struck me. Beware, beware. And he said, because I'm going to give you the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Perizzites and, and, and I just kept reading over and over that passage because I knew the Holy Spirit was bringing a message to me from that passage. Just happened to be the reading of the day. Well, I got done with that time. I came into the office. I called our leaders together. I said, stop all negotiations. Cut everything off. I said, uh, the Lord spoke to me this morning that the deal that's on the table is not all he has. He's given us the land of the Canaanites and, and, and there's more, there's more. And we had 40,000 square feet on the table. Before we got done, it was 100,000 square feet with an option to purchase the whole thing, 220,000 square feet. See, listen, the Holy Spirit knows everything about everything that you're going through. And so when we open up our Bibles to read, don't just think you're just going to check a little box and there, I got my Bible reading done, that's good. Maybe God's happy with me. No, that's not what it's about. Listen, do what I try to do every time I I open the Bible to read. Open the Bible and say, Lord, speak to me today. Because these words you could not have not known. That when you inspired this passage today that I would be reading it today and you knew what I would be going through. And so therefore, embedded in these scriptures are insights and words for me. I'm included in this whole package. See, I'm telling you, there's no other book like this book. Don't you let anybody tell you that there are lots of different holy books. Well, they can call them anything they want to. But this book is something special. And that's why you ought to read it in a special way with an open heart, ready for God to speak things to you. And let me just warn you too. Some people that want to sensationalize things, they'll conjure up things in their mind. Well, this means this, and God said this, and God said that. But it wasn't the Holy Spirit. They were conjuring it. And it's because they love the sensational. And really what it's about is they're trying to impress somebody. And so they go out and they want to tell people, hey, the Lord said this, Lord said that, and everything. And that's how you can tell they're trying to impress somebody because they're going out really, you know, trying to get some... Esteem from others. Well, that's not what that's about. It's about really hearing direction from the Almighty God about your life. He knows what to do. He knows what you should do. You know, I believe we don't pay attention to Him as much as we ought to. Don't you believe that? If we would pay more keen attention to Him, we wouldn't make mistakes. And when we do make mistakes, He'd get us out of it more quickly. But we, look, we lean on our own understanding too much. Well, today God's teaching us. You want to learn to hear God? I mean, this is God's Word right here. You know that you know that you know this is God. 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 Another way that He directs us that way is by bringing things to his remem- our remembrance. Remember Jesus said in John 14, 26, when the Spirit of truth has come, He'll bring to you remembrance all things that I said to you. He'll bring to you remembrance. I remember when we were praying, when we first came to the church and we knew the Lord said to close it down, I didn't know if we should completely close the original church on all the books, like close what's called the charter of the church, to where when you looked on the records of the four-square denomination, that church would now say, Closed. Like, it's gone. And so I was praying about that. I knew we needed to close down all the operations and such. I was praying about that and asking the Lord, Lord, should we close down everything and start over? And the Lord reminded me of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And he came to Simon. Simon said, you'll never wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you have no part with me. And Simon said, well, then, Lord, wash my head and my hands also. And Jesus said this, no, he who is bathed needs only his feet washed. And just through reminding me of that, I wasn't reading it, just by reminding me, he who is bathed needs only his feet washed. And he reminded me of that, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, There's nothing wrong with the history of this church. You don't need to close the charter down and dishonor all of those people that have prayed, worked, all those people that have been saved, given money, helped to get this building. You don't need to dishonor all of that. 80 years of history or more no you don't need just close down the operations on the ground and gear up and start again but leave that record going because this is a continuation of that record see i didn't know that i didn't think about all that but god thinks about all of that and see just remind me that he who is bathed only needs his feet washed you don't need to wash all the rest it's all okay don't change what doesn't need to be changed see The Holy Spirit will just remind you something and show you how that principle applies, and then you know. God is good, isn't He? God is good. Let me close with this verse Psalm 119, verse 18 Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. (laughs) Open my eyes. Read it with me. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law. Read it again, it's a prayer. Open my eyes that I may see wondrous things from your law so I pray this week that as you open your Bible to read and if you hadn't been reading every day get back on the horse let's start reading every day get, get a journal out there a reading plan and start reading every day but as you do here's the most important open your heart and say God I know when the Holy Spirit inspired this text originally He could not have not known that I'd be reading it today knowing what I'm going through So I thank you for speaking to me today and watch what happens. Our God is good, isn't he?